everybody. This is Jeff. And Kelly. Today we're going to talk about one of our most anticipated movies of the yes. year. Yes. That we finally got a chance to see. So excited that it finally came out and that we got to see it. Oh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, before we start talking about that proper, though, like right away, mm-hmm. I figure we might as well talk about uh, at least a couple of the trailers we saw beforehand, because some of them yeah. are definitely going to be movies that we're going to want to talk about later. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For one, Queen and Slim. Yes. With, with Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, oh, that looks fucking modern astounding. Modern day body implied. Oh, God. Oh. It looks so fucking cool. I'm so yeah, excited for that wait. movie. Yeah. Um, that dude is easily going to win an Oscar at some point in his career, if not very, very soon. Yeah. He looks... I, I hope so. He's he's intense. I've, I've said this before about other actors and actresses, mm-hmm. specifically one of them being... Uh, oh, no, I forget their names, but fucking Booksmart, the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beanie Feldstein's pretty great, too, but I forget the other girl's name. Yeah. Um, but she is effortlessly charming yeah and i feel like daniel kaluuya has a very it's a different w- way about it obviously mm-hmm. but he has that exact same thing where it's just like oh my god how can you now find this guy to be just he's, like the coolest dude in the yeah, planet yeah he's super charismatic and so much almost unfair yeah a <laughs> <laughs> little, little bit <clears throat> but yeah definitely looking at that one mm-hmm. uh and then the other one fucking the lighthouse yeah that trailer Oh, oh, seeing it up on the big screen like that. Yeah, in like, that fucking watching, box. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, watching oh. it in the box on, like, a computer screen or whatever, like, it's it's so much smaller. Oh, yeah. And so then seeing it up on the big screen was fantastic. It's, 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 I loved the way, like, if you didn't know, you know, if you showed that to some kid who had no idea what that movie was or whatever, you'd just be like, oh, I'm going to show you a movie. Mm-hmm. They would assume it's from the fucking 30s or 40s or something. It oh, yeah. looks exactly like it except i mean there's that one shot with those like tentacles that i'm assuming were cgi yeah <laughs> i don't or, know exactly something yeah i don't know how the story is gonna go i don't know, really know anything about it yeah yeah um so i don't know how that's gonna look i'm sure it's gonna look a little more modern but just the shots that they were showing in the trailer it was just like mm-hmm. holy shit that is that is astounding the idea that technology has come all this way to make like the biggest and grandest and clearest <laughs> you know look at a movie you could get and to purposefully be like no 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 we're going to cut it down to the way it fucking the the, the bare minimum yeah. to make it a movie, essentially. <laughs> and it's going to be spellbinding, especially with those two. I'm excited to see Pattinson. I know he's had a bunch of really good roles lately. I haven't seen any of them. I haven't I either. I haven't seen him in anything but the Twilight movies. <laughs> like the, uh, um, fucking there's a movie called Good Time, Good Time or Good Times that came out uh-huh. recently that he's in that people have, you know, fawned over it. And I'm like, oh, that would probably. I know a girl I work with really likes Remember Me. Oh, God. But, but yeah. in the, like, cheesy movies. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. Like, mm. Not necessarily showcasing his range. No. I think this probably will, though. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah. And then he gets to be Batman. He's Batman. He's Batman? He's Batman. He's I the new Batman. I didn't know he was Batman. He oh, has yeah. The, he has the chin for Batman. Yeah, he's got the jawline <laughs> that you need for fucking Batman. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. It's like, it's- see him in this. To go to to go from Twilight to Batman. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I know we talked about this once before, but the the idea that that dude just has fuck you money. Oh yeah, like he has Twilight money so hard that it's like I can do the fucking random ass lighthouse picture. Yeah, with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, and shit. Who the fuck wouldn't want to work with Willem Dafoe? Right, like you get to work on a really interesting project with mm-hmm. a really up and coming director because fucking The Witch was one of my yes. favorite goddamn movies. So Robert Eggers, I'm like all on board for that. Yeah. You get to work with Willem Dafoe. I don't know if he's worked with him before. It, it's possible. Yeah. But 
even so, I bet you'd want to work with him again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you get to work with someone really great like that, do a really interesting and unique movie. Yeah. And then just be like, eh, and I guess I'll do Batman too, whatever. He hit the like Hollywood lottery that he was able <laughs> to like bounce back from those awful movies. I mean, and I, I, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know he hasn't like bounced back and is like a big time like in. Not a, yet, though. Not yet. But exactly. Like he. He has the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I don't think anybody placed the blame of those movies on him. <laughs> I know I'm sure tons yeah. of people hated him because he was in it, just as like a guilty yeah. by association kind of thing. Or yeah, it's like, those exactly. movies sucked, and you were in those movies, so you suck. Yeah, but I don't think anyone was ever like the reason those movies are bad is because of Robert Pattinson. Yeah, you like, know he's no. Yeah, there's so much wrong with those movies. <laughs> the material he was given was that's a different show. Yeah, downright. <laughs> horrifying yes <laughs> but yeah um the movie itself though mm-hmm. once upon a time in hollywood that was <laughs> it just just to start it like with the the like columbia pictures yeah the old school old school columbia logos pictures. and and <laughs> the old, old school font for it like oh yeah sets the tone immediately i mean uh, like every other tarantino i was film, gonna say but... at least at least recently <laughs> That's been sort of the game. I know that mm-hmm. Hateful Eight had a very like stylized, old-looking logo, mm-hmm. as did Django and whatnot. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful little scene setter mm-hmm. before the movie even starts. You're yeah. kind of in a, in a time and place. I guess the first real question I would have for you about it is, was it what you thought it was going to be in terms of like when you heard about it and saw mm-hmm. the trailer and all that? Mm-hmm. Did, it, did it hit where you thought it was going to? So I... I knew going into it with it being Tarantino that there was going to be something in there to twist it, twist history, because that's Mm. what he does. I love it. (laughs) So it it wasn't exactly what I was thinking and what I was expecting going into it, but I'm not disappointed. Yeah. The whole Manson family plot line, well, yeah, yeah. Um, their whole story and that played into it a lot more and a lot earlier into the movie than I anticipated. Mm. I definitely had a, uh, had a sort of a frame of mind that I I was hoping that there would be quite a bit of the, the whole Manson family Mm -hmm. angle to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was definitely, again, I know that you weren't displeased, but I was very pleased where it was just like, okay, here it is. Here we go. Like it it didn't take a very long time to, to show the girls for the first time and sort of, to weave that into the the like story as it was. Oh yeah. So it was fun to fun to watch them. And I did read later that uh, you know the first time you see them, they're they're picking garbage and all that, mm-hmm. and they're all singing a song. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a Charlie Manson song. Of course, like, it that's is. a real Charlie Manson song. That's I expect like, no less from Tarantino. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> it's both completely obvious and yet also something that's like how would you even know (laughs) yeah nobody fucking knows any charlie manson songs but fucking tarantino he was like well it's gotta be obviously don't don't get me wrong i loved every minute of that movie Mm -hmm. like yeah it's kind of a slow burn but it's perfect for the setting yeah it's a hangout movie yeah it kind of just strikes me like tarantino being the master like he both has He's, he's both a master of a movie with like an intricate plot mm-hmm. and also movies that have just no discernible plot whatsoever. <laughs> where it's like, what is even yeah. like, what is, where, where is this through line from the beginning of this movie to the end of this movie? And it's like, yeah. who fucking cares? That's yeah. not, that's not the point. 
<laughs> like there's not some ridiculous like oh here's the inciting incident and then here's the call to action and then here's the it's like no that's not how this fucking shit gets put together man yeah like you just you're here you learn about the characters and who they are you know you learn who rick dalton is mm-hmm. i loved oh my god it, it was like i hesitate to call it like the most tarantino movie <laughs> of all of his movies okay because it's both like the most tarantino and least tarantino of all of his movies because you know when it was starting and they got to that bit with uh with al pacino yeah and he's telling them about you know what happens to old stars you know as they get hired to get beat up and all yeah, that yeah. that felt very tarantino of like here's a guy he's gonna sit down and he's gonna talk to someone for a while and just have that sort of that propulsive conversation yeah. with him and then from then on i didn't really feel like there were that many of those kinds of moments there were very different moments for a tarantino mm-hmm. movie to me um but there wasn't a lot of that like spitfire back and forth, like like the, what the Hateful Eight was yeah, from yeah. front to finish. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like everyone has just this like big snappy long argument conversation kind of thing. That really didn't mm-hmm. happen. It was a lot more subdued, a lot quieter. Yeah. Like all those moments with Sharon Tate where it was like she had like four lines in that movie. She barely says anything in that movie, yet she's like almost the emotional center of that movie. Mm-hmm. And that, that sitting in that theater, yeah. just like soaking it in. And yeah. that feeling of like, oh my god, like, this is people love it. And even like uh, Rick's little breakdown in his trailer after yeah. he fucks up the scene, oh my god. where it's like just him yelling at himself about it, and fucking yeah. the, the most hilarious way to to like threaten suicide, just <laughs> to tell your reflection that yeah. you're gonna kill him. Although <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. That was that was fantastic, and <laughs> absolutely like the ramblings of a drunken man. <laughs> oh yeah, who also another. Thing. I, I did watch quite a few videos of like Tarantino and DiCaprio mm-hmm. and even like Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie uh, talking about the movie and their mm-hmm. characters and all that sort of stuff. And apparently Leo and, and Tarantino sat down and talked about it and they were referencing an old actor from one of those kind of movies like the bounty or yeah, yeah. shows like the bounty law show. Yeah, it was a guy. He was on it for like a season or two and then he killed himself like he was a big alcoholic and he, he wanted to kill himself. And people have looked back on him and his story and been like, it's highly possible that he was undiagnosed bipolar. Yeah. Like back in those days, they didn't fucking know what that shit was. They didn't know why your brain was doing that to you. Yeah. It was just happening. And then you'd just medicate with alcohol. So he became an alcoholic and then eventually just fucking killed himself. Yeah. And they figured out like, oh shit, Rick, Rick Dalton's probably undiagnosed bipolar then. And they never said it. They never made it a huge point in the movie, but yeah. they were like, that was, that was where Leo played it from. And so that scene in the trailer is so, or, or sorry, the scene in the trailer is fantastic. The right. moment that I loved was when he fucking broke on set and he was just like begging the director to cut. And he's like, no, 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 just keep going. He's like, please, 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 please. Can we, can we just go back to one? You yeah. know, can we just please just go back to one and we'll do it from there? Please. You know, and that, that pleading and that like, oh my God, yeah. please, I'll get it right for you. I swear I'll get it right for you kind of thing. Yeah. That really got to me. I was like, oh shit, dude, that is, that is rough. Which then, towards the end of that, makes that moment so fucking great when uh, when she tells him, like, that was yeah. the best acting I've ever seen. Because even though that's in the trailer, mm-hmm. like something that we've seen since then, with all that extra context and oh, yeah. all that extra shit, it when that happens, so oh, I felt I felt for him more than I've felt for any, like, any fucking, like, superhero character in any of those mm-hmm. movies I've ever seen. And not to specifically shit on superheroes. Right. But it's like those movies always try to hit you with the, like, real big feeling yeah. moment towards the end. <laughs> like, oh, oh, what is he feeling? And it's like, I don't really care because this is all just kind of lightweight. It's just a bunch of things flying around and blowing up mm-hmm. and whatever. And there's too high of stakes, so it feels like nothing matters. Yeah. But then in this case, 
case, it's literally the only stakes is like he wants to do a good job. Yeah. And someone that he now considers a peer after she kind of showed him up mm -hmm. tells him that it was the best acting she's ever seen. It's like, oh, my God, that was beautiful. I loved it. And that that itself almost felt a little not anti Tarantino, but just mm -hmm. not quite a Tarantino yeah. moment of like that much success in the mm -hmm. moment. There's usually always some sort of a terrible yeah. <laughs> trade off <laughs> for success. Um, but in this case, it, it just felt really real and genuine. I really liked it. Yeah, I think playing into the whole like undiagnosed bipolar thing too. Like, I don't remember exactly when it was after one of his like bad days or whatever on set, whatever it was, and they come home and then Roman Polanski pulls up next door and mm -hmm. he sees them and he's like instantly happy about it. Oh yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. and now he's like happy and like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was like a switch. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's definitely not a detriment to know mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like to be like, oh, so they, they literally played it that way. Cause you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, you really, you'd prefer the audience just sort of read it how they read it. Right. But knowing it, I think it just, it lends a lot to, to the performance itself and knowing mm -hmm. sort of where he was coming from for it. So, so little things can kind of click into place that they might not have mm -hmm. otherwise. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And despite all that sort of, I mean, it's not, again, it's not like it's like anti Tarantino, like he's doing something <laughs> super crazy, but it just didn't feel quite the same. Right. But on that. A lot less blood. Oh, yeah. Huge. <laughs> I figured we'd sort of leave the the kind of finale till the end to kind of talk about it all together. I mean, I'm just saying the movie as a whole, there's a lot less blood. Oh, than, yeah. Oh, than yeah. Typical. Like, but it's so Tarantino because it like that movie lives in the space that everyone in all of his other movies fucking talks about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. uh, since that was his childhood, that's his character's childhoods yeah. and thinking about that, you know, that kind of music and that kind of scene, these kind of actors, those kind of movies, but nobody talks about them yeah. in this movie because that's just their life. That's just where they live. Mm -hmm. So it's like so Tarantino <laughs> that it takes away a lot of his normal things that he would do because it's like well shit i can't talk about the 60s because it is the fucking 60s who does that it it got too meta yeah yeah so it's like and i i so much prefer it this way where it's like okay well if they can't really talk about that stuff then just kind of let it fall to the side and, yeah. and do other things with it fucking talk about effortlessly effortlessly charming goddamn brad pitt oh my God. holy shit he's he's so great <laughs> it's so so unfair how fucking great he is he just literally just just the first time you see him in any movie he's in it's just like oh there we go all right we're in good hands again uh, it's another moment where it's like uh, yeah it's kind of spoiled in the trailer but it's like oh dude who gives a shit but that like basically the first line you hear from him when they're doing that interview at the at the top in that like mm, mm -hmm. inside movie yeah, documentary yeah. thing or it's just like he you know, cliff helps carry the load like is that how you describe it cliff what carrying his load yeah, that's about right. <laughs> like, <laughs> a, such a Brad Pitt line. Oh, yeah. And B, what a, like, character introducing moment. It's like, especially because he gets a few of those throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, we love pussy. Uh, but we do. <laughs> or however he phrases it. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though I know that, like, people uh, auditioned for these roles, but I can't imagine anyone other than Brad Pitt yeah, playing Cliff. Yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, honestly, I can't really think of anybody else to play Rick Dalton either. They're just such the perfect duo. I mean, goddamn, so great to see Leo again. Yes. And I feel so weird just calling him Leo, but that's <laughs> just the way I always think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just comes out as just Leo. 
But seeing him again finally after fucking, what, like four years since The Revenant, yeah. that was pretty much the last thing that he was in. Uh, yeah. So it's like, oh, fuck yeah, give me give me all of it. Give me a whole, I like, that, that, yes. that's why I really didn't give a shit if it was almost three hours long. Mm. It's like, give me more. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. dug all the, because uh, it's kind of just, just a, almost a series of vignettes that are stitched together that make a movie, you know, mm-hmm. not so much a story, but I loved how like each of those little vignettes had someone in it. It's like, Oh yeah. And then they, he fucking meets up with Al Pacino and you, yeah. know, you see him a little bit later, but that's kind of his moment. Yeah. And, uh, and he gets to satin shit and there's fucking, um, uh, the Kurt Russell sequence. Yep. Oh, Timothy Oliphant's the sequence yes. where he's acting with him, which is wonderful. Oh, Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I smiled the entire time he was on the screen. Oh yeah. And what's so great about it too is like, you know, obviously, you know, we, Loved him in the crazies. Mm-hmm. Loved him in Scream Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was there. Is there specific other things? Obviously, I know you loved Santa Clarita Diet. Yes. So seeing him in that was probably oh my God. <laughs> especially because that was more recent than the crazies is what yeah, I had yeah, seen yeah. him like the most in. Mm-hmm. What's fun too is that he's he's a Western actor. Like he was on a I forget. I think it's I think it's Justified. Oh shit! I forget what fucking show it was. But he yeah. er, he he was like the lead. <laughs> on a western show for years on like hbo or something but, and so it's like he he knows what he's fucking doing yeah. in these scenes he's done this for years so it's like That's, playing a guy he playing... didn't have to like learn to ride a horse for this oh yeah movie. no like, no he... not a chance <laughs> so it's like that's a really fun moment there i loved uh even though i personally never really saw him in it in anything but i really liked uh luke perry's scene the guy in like the white coat when he when Leo's giving his great great performance when Rick gives the really good one mm, and he mm-hmm. throws the girl to the ground yeah, the guy yeah. the like guy from Boston or whatever yeah. who comes in to talk the, to him the brother from Boston yeah that's that's Luke Perry okay uh, who just recently passed away but he was on oh. uh, he was on nine hundred two one zero something like that he was on one of those like okay. early early to mid nineties teen pop sensation shows and he <laughs> okay. was like the next like james dean kind of guy the like yeah. the young good-looking charismatic mm-hmm. kind of actor guy so having him play a part in this kind of movie at the age where he is where he's kind of going he's kind of doing the rick dalton thing <laughs> where it's like yeah you were big back then and now you're kind of whatever uh it is a shame that he passed but yeah it's a great great scene uh and just a good performance from him apparently burt reynolds was going to be in it before he passed as well uh, uh but he was going to play Bruce Dern's part as George Spahn at the ranch, the blind guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be Burt Reynolds scene. Nice. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I love me some Bruce Dern, so I got no problem mm-hmm. with him being in it. But it's like, that would have been interesting. <laughs> fucking Burt Reynolds. Uh, speaking of the fucking Spahn ranch, though, one, that was probably the scariest moment in a Tarantino movie I've ever seen. Like legitimate, like where it's like creepy and like dreadful. Yeah. Like as much as other scenes have had like real, you know, high tension and shit, like the 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 basement shootout and Inglorious Bastards or mm-hmm. something like that. That was the only scene where it was just like, oh my God, this is fucking creepy. Yeah. These girls coming out of that like abandoned motel front and just staring at them. Yeah. And of course, fucking Brad Pitt just taking it like like it's nothing. Just like, mm, well, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, another thing, I don't know how I didn't even notice the name in the credits or anything. Maybe maybe you were just like, oh, no, yeah. But uh, Squeaky, the redhead, the girl who's like in the mm-hmm. house and talks to him or whatever, that's Dakota Fanning. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I had no fucking clue. <laughs> I saw that later. I didn't even see it in the credits when we saw it. I saw it later online. I was like, that was Dakota Fanning. I saw it in the opening credits. I was no, like, yeah, oh, I, Dakota Fanning's in this? Well, I missed it. But oh, yeah, I that, love Dakota. 
Yeah, I mean, no, no, it was great. It's not like a, <laughs> how could that be Dakota Fanning? She's yeah. terrible. It was more just like, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to try to cover as much as we can before we get to that ending, because that's really where, like, the meat of it and the, yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck of it all is. Yeah. But, I mean, I did start sort of talking about this earlier, and then I got completely sidetracked. But just <laughs> all of that wonderful backstory footage that was shot of, like, the shit from this movie he mm -hmm. was in, the shit from that movie, that moment where they fucking digitally put Leo into The Great Escape. Yeah. And shit, and it was just like, what the fuck? This is so cool. <laughs> and his episode of FBI. Yeah. And fucking the little bits of Bounty Law and stuff like that. Like, all of that shit was so much fun. And that goddamn <laughs> moment where he's talking to him about, like, you know, that was a real flamethrower, you know? And they cut yeah. to him operating it. Like, we do something about that heat? <laughs> Seriously? It's a flamethrower. <laughs> um, all of that shit was fun. And who knew how that was going to set up at the end? Yeah. <laughs> but just did all you, of that. Did you catch it when he went in the in the shed for something else earlier in the movie? Did you catch oh, that no, the flamethrower was sitting on the ground? I didn't. No, I did not. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> um, it was there. I saw uh, it. I was like, oh, he took it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I figured, I mean, some, something to, to sort of discuss. People have... Uh, I've talked about it. Apparently, the the Bruce Lee estate was not particularly thrilled <laughs> with uh, with that sequence with him and Brad Pitt the, and all that. The stunt double, yeah, beat kicked up. his ass. Yeah. For one, it took me until reading online to realize that that was a flashback scene and not a dream sequence. Oh, because I was like, okay, it finally clicked afterwards. Where it was like, okay, it's because it's a uh, an episode of uh, the Green Hornet. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's what it is. So it's a flashback to when he was on the Green Hornet and he talked to Bruce Lee outside and all that shit happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Because in my head, it seemed more like he was like, well, what would happen if I was on set? Yeah. And then it did all that shit. And then he was like, yeah, they're probably right to not invite me. That's what I would do. Yeah. That's why I kind of thought it was so over the top and like spectacular. Like he throws him into a fucking yeah. car and all that shit. <laughs> so then when I realized, I was like, oh, it was supposed to be kind of a flashback. Like, oh, that's okay. I kind of get a little bit more. Why mm -hmm. they would be a little bit pissed. Because if it was just a dream sequence and it was supposed to be like super exaggerated. Yeah. Which I guess it still can be because Cliff's not, obviously he's not the most reliable narrator. Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> now I understand that it's like since they're sort of purporting it to be like a true story. Yeah. That's like, okay, I get why you're a little pissed. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cliff's little quip after that, you know, flashback sweet sequence, he goes, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that I loved that. I remember that specifically. Oh, so like nod and like makes sense. <laughs> Obviously Cliff's whole thing, his dog. What a good dog. <laughs> Such a good dog. Oh my god. And that face I just want to smash it. It's so and what's really funny though is that it's like we keep talking about stuff. And being like, all right, we'll wait until towards the end to talk about the climax and just realizing how much shit comes full circle in that climax. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like you start talking about anything and you're like, well, hold on, because we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. So we started a dozen ideas. <laughs> yeah. And they all fucking wind up there. Yeah. Um, I kind of enjoyed the way that that fucking Spawn Ranch scene like wouldn't end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you kept imagining at some point it would cut away, like cut back to Rick, cut cut back yeah. to, to Sharon, cut back to something else yeah. and then come back to Cliff a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it just stayed there really kind of cemented that like isolated yeah. feeling of like, holy shit. And I, I believe, I mean, as much as I loved Helter Skelter and I read it and I know a bit about, you know, the Manson mm -hmm. family and shit, 
I don't recall this story specifically, but I read that there was like a like a stuntman who went out to Spawn Ranch and never came back. Like oh. a real person who who yeah. something like that happened. So this was kind of a fictionalized version of that even. Or oh, Cliff man. goes off to this oh, place. Oh, Tarantino. Yeah. But oh. so that that whole time, you know, and especially with how much it's it's sort of sitting and, and waiting and yeah. just kind of happening that you're like, when is the fucking shoe going to drop? When is yeah. something really bad going to happen here? And then it gets kind of interrupted when he meets with George and he's just mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous. He's just like, I'm fucking blind. Get out of here. <laughs> he's like, all right, whatever. And then that whole sequence repeats the shit out of that hippie. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, that was pretty great. But yes. So I I really liked that sequence, but it definitely felt like just the scene that wouldn't die. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh my God, where holy shit, this yeah. just keeps going. And they go and fucking get texts and shit to come out and like confront him and all that. Which again, another thing that comes fucking full circle <laughs> at the end of that movie. Oh man. I love the scenes with the younger girl actress. Uh oh, oh, on the set with mm-hmm. uh yeah, with Rick. Yes. That was good. When he's like sitting there and explaining the book that he's reading. Mm, oh, and yeah, then just yeah. starts like breaking down. Mm-hmm. First the little snide remark of you'll be living it in 15 years or- <laughs> yeah, that was so good <laughs> she's like what, what? <laughs> no nothing nothing darling <laughs> what do you call her pumpkin puss or something she's yeah like, i don't appreciate names like pumpkin puss <laughs> but i'll let it slide because you're clearly sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm trying to make sure i didn't miss any other characters because i know there's just yeah. a shitload of them <laughs> i did like the director like finally a director who believes in him and wants him mm-hmm. to do something. You know, yeah. it's like, how, how are people going to know it's me? Finally a director who's like, you're not here to be fucking shoot him up cowboy yeah. Rick Dalton. Like you need to play a character. You're and not finally, J.K. Hill. Exactly. Finally giving him something yeah. to really put his fucking teeth into. Give him some substance. Yeah. And then he pulls it off and everyone's yeah. like, fucking hey, dude. And yeah. finally feels good about himself. That was, And I, I love that they make mention that he like, ad-libbed the one line oh yeah yeah the, yeah the triple Beaner, Beaner bronco busters yeah the triple alliteration ad-lib <laughs> yeah. you don't see those very often <laughs> that was that was a really good one i'm putting an acid rolled cigarette in here don't smoke it <laughs> i mean if you smoke a little if you want just leave some for me yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a wonderful little like i don't even know what to call that like that device in terms of like a writing device because mm-hmm. it's like it's i mean it is a chekhov's gun in a way, you know, where it's like if you have an acid-dipped cigarette, someone has to smoke it by the end of that movie. It'd be pointless yeah. to have it and nobody fucking smoke it. Yeah, what's the point of even mentioning it? Exactly. So it's like you mention it, you have to use it. So mm-hmm. it is a Chekhov's gun. But the, just the way that, like, that happens and the fact that you know, like, hopefully you fucking know, <laughs> like, the real history of what went down. So yeah. you know, like, okay, here's the day. Here's, you know, here's the night, the actual, mm-hmm. you know, the night of it happening. Fucking they drive up in their car. You know, it's like you you see mm-hmm. the the beginnings of what they're going to do. You know, it's like, oh, they're coming up. They're driving up. They got the gun in the car, mm-hmm. you know. And then fucking Brad Pitt smokes that goddamn acid cigarette. And it's like all bets are off. Because it's yeah. like, what, what is going to happen now? Yeah. Like, what the fuck could possibly go on? Why is it an acid? <laughs> like, why is he smoking an acid dip cigarette? What the fuck is going to happen that that needs to be a part of it? Yeah. And it just, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, you're so excited to see what's going to happen because I'll speak for myself. I wasn't sure what they were going to do, but I was pretty fucking certain. Like I, I probably would have said a hundred times out of a hundred, if they had asked, I would have said that they wind up going to, uh, Sharon Tate's house. Yeah. I never for a second 
thought that that would get diverted. Yeah. My thought, I was like, it's probably a stupid idea, but my in my vision was that, you know, oh, this old school cowboy actor guy out of work feels mm-hmm. shitty. Uh, he's going to overhear what's going on over there yeah. and he's going to come in guns blazing and save the day. Mm-hmm. That was sort of where my brain was going with it. And it was like, maybe, you know, he'll probably save them before everyone gets killed or before anybody gets killed or maybe just one person gets killed, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But he'll save Sharon Tate. I just did not feel like they were going to murder a pregnant woman yeah. in that movie. It just did not feel like that kind of movie. Like the the amount of violence that winds up yeah. happening in that in that <laughs> that whole climax, um, that I didn't think was going to be one of them. I was like, there's no way they're going to fucking yeah. kill a pregnant Sharon Tate on screen. I don't think because I had heard that like the that Sharon Tate's like sister had like given her uh like some of her clothes to wear for the movie like some actual Sharon Tate clothes to wear and stuff and I was like no way the family is that cool with it yeah if her horrible visceral death is portrayed on screen yeah. so i knew something had to change but fucking when Rick comes out and yells at them in his like bathrobe with a yeah. fucking margarita mix in a blender and they change their plan yeah i was like Oh fuck! I have no clue where this is going now. <laughs> I was—it was totally just like, just take me where we're going, movie. Yeah. I got nothing. I can't even think ahead for a second. The only thing I could think of, and it was both for me and for you, was like, please just don't let anything happen to Brandy. Yes. I just did not I want was... anything to happen to that dog. No, knowing that she like, you know, Brad Pitt had her there at the house, mm-hmm. you know, and then obviously like went for a walk and. You know, smoked the Rick, cigarette. Yeah, he smoked the cigarette, and like Rick came out and yelled at the hippies, and mm-hmm. hippies drove away. Like I, I knew, like you could see ahead to what. Yeah, like the, the what he was coming gonna, home to yeah, essentially. The threads were gonna cross there. Yeah, like oh no, the beautiful pity. <laughs> Just let her survive. <laughs> yeah, but man, I I will say this, uh, for that fucking ending, it's it's super interesting. Because it kind of follows a little bit of a pattern of of a couple of a couple of his recent movies, mm-hmm. where you know you have Inglorious Bastards and you have a team of Jewish soldiers getting like <laughs> the ultimate fucking revenge and vengeance on Hitler. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and the Nazis and all that kind of shit. So sort of like a big old like wish fulfillment, like mm-hmm. oh we're gonna fuck you up kind of thing. Same sort of deal in Django. Yep. You know what I mean? You get the former slave who gets to just like blow up a plantation, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. Like without any kind of punishment, he gets to go and kill slavers. Yeah. Like and get paid for it. Yeah. Like that is the most fuck you you can get to that. Like, again, another like sort of uh, sort of wish fulfillment kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And so in this case, especially the character, I mean, it's Cliff that does it, not Rick, but the fact that he's a part of that like old guard of Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, Sharon Tate getting murdered and all that, that was a huge, just like, and the culture has changed. Mm-hmm. Things are different. Uh, despite it just being like, yeah, from 1969 into 1970, now it's the seventies. Yeah. Like, but in more ways than just the date, Yeah, things are no longer like they were. I know they always talk about how it's like the free, free love and you know, whatever mm-hmm. of the sixties died that night where all of a sudden it was like, okay, the counterculture. Yeah has turned sour and it's like oh fuck so now everything's kind of changing over so in that case you know old hollywood kind of getting pushed out the door uh and cliff kind of representing that it's like that's hollywood's fucking revenge (laughs) on the manson family for doing what they did and like destroying yeah 
not so just old Sharon Hollywood Tate, could but, just remain Hollywood. Exactly, but just like, essentially taking that vengeance on those fucking hippies <laughs> and <clears throat> giving them such little dignity. Yes. That is the funniest fucking part to me. The fact just that they some were just fucking hippies. Oh my god, just some fucking whacked out hippies that just get their fucking asses handed to them. <laughs> Which again, uh, uh, fucking set up earlier in that movie. If he can beat up Bruce Lee, he can beat up some fucking hippies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but the guy that was when he was holding the gun to Cliff, uh-huh. there was something he said that Cliff started laughing at. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy started laughing. Yeah. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but just <laughs> they're the, all hot. The fact that the fact that that movie has Tex Watson lose in the craziness battle <laughs> is what makes it so goddamn funny it's like he says something cliff starts laughing and then tech starts laughing back at him almost like a nervous reflex like ha, 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 ha. it's like this guy's nuts why are you reacting like this <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god the fact that he just like finger guns towards mm-hmm. him while he's holding the gun yeah. on him and that that fucking brilliant like uh other than i mean because i mean sadie what happens to sadie you know, is pretty goddamn like demoralizing. Yeah. Uh, for someone who you know is like, I'm gonna go and kill the people who taught us to kill and fucking teach the mm-hmm. world a lesson, and then you get a fucking can of dog food to the face, yeah. and it just like shatters your fucking nose and face, and you you literally just scream until mm-hmm. you fucking die for the next yeah. like five minutes. Like a dog attacks you, you run through a fucking window, you fall into a pool, you get burnt to a crisp <laughs> by Rick fucking Dalton. And all of that His happens. flamethrower. Yeah, and the whole time you're screaming to death. It's like, that's pretty fucking, there's no dignity in that. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Squeaky just getting her face smashed in for like a minute straight, which in the moment I was just like, oh, oh my, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and then in my head I'm like, Okay, well, at the very least, I'll give him a pass because he is on acid. So yes. he might not even realize how far he's gone yeah. <laughs> before he realizes, like, okay, well, she's fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, the most, like, the most indignity that they suffer, like, it takes something real from real life and just basically just flips it on its head and gives him a big middle finger <laughs> when he fucking tells, you know, and he's like, what's your, what's your fucking name again? And he's like, I'm the devil. And I'm here to do the devil's business. Like that's his big fucking like I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a scary crazy person line that he wanted to use. Like he did it in real life, and fucking he, yeah, you know, like that was his big thing. And fucking the response of just no, nah, it was dumber than that. <laughs> <laughs> like undercutting it so hard. Yeah. Like that was my favorite moment of like just being like big fuck you to them, and then getting his like dick ripped off by the dog. Yes. Where it's just like you sick that dog on everybody. And that just made everything better. I was really fucking scared for that dog during that sequence because I was yes. like, I love that you're destroying them. I hate how close you are to his gun. Yes. Don't let this also, happen. Also, there's a knife around there somewhere. I yeah. don't think it was in Brad Pitt's hip yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is wonderful. Speaking of which, I sort of forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So when when he fell over, when he just like keeled over and dropped to the ground, mm-hmm. I thought he got hit with a ricochet bullet and was dead. Because oh. just before that happens... Someone pulls the gun. I think it's in. The, she's in the pool and she's like firing it straight up. No, 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 not in the pool. When she's still in the house, so she fires. He drops. She runs through the window mm-hmm. and falls in the pool, and then all that shit happens. And he brings his goddamn flamethrower out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What a wonderful. Just the fact that he knew that nothing. He didn't know anything going on. Yeah, exactly. He's sitting there with his headphones on, just drinking his margarita. <laughs> Floating around in the pool, all of a sudden this batshit crazy woman comes running in. Firing a gun in the air. Yeah. <clears throat> freaking out. I think the title 
finally really hit home for me when it shows up in the movie. You know what yeah. I mean? He goes up to the house. He meets Sharon Tate and Jay Sebring and, and like going into the house as the title comes up of mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it really sort of struck me as like, oh, okay. Like as much as it's a reference to like the Sergio Leone uh, mm. spaghetti westerns, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West or whatever. I, oh, fuck. I probably got that wrong. I forget. <laughs> uh, or Once Upon a Time in America that he did. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was just like, oh, yeah, it's a callback to those movies mm-hmm. that he loves. But it's like, oh, but it's, it's, I mean, Once Upon a Time, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a fairy tale. Yeah. And it really, it, despite it being like such a technically happy ending, it made me so sad just knowing, you know, where it actually went and mm-hmm. what, it, what actually happened. And it's like, as fun as it is to kind of, kind of, <laughs> you know, and say what if. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. To play the what if game, it still feels just like kind of sad of knowing, like, yeah, but it, it didn't. Yeah. You know, like that's a that's a shame because it, it is a little bit different than like the Hitler thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, eventually we did fucking get Hitler. He yeah. killed himself. But, you know, eventually we stopped it. And in the it end, Hitler was dead. Yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> so it's like it, they, we just kind of changed the time and place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gave it a little bit of a, of a different ending there. But I mean, just it up a bit. Yeah. But in the end, you know, at that point in history, in the Tarantino history, he had still done all the terrible things that he had done. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's not like, oh, we stopped concentration camps. Like, no, yeah. that still happened. They just killed him in a more fitting way, mm-hmm. a more you know fulfilling way instead yeah. of letting him kill himself. So it's like, yeah, a fucking machine gun his face. <laughs> but in this case, it's like the Manson family gets stopped kind of before they even start. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it does feel great. And it's wonderful to, you know, sort of watch them get that sort of come up and because mm-hmm. uh, even though they hadn't really done anything yet, technically, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like they come in there and they break in and yeah, they're holding them at gunpoint. But we feel vindicated watching them get their faces smashed in and eaten yeah. by fucking dogs and burned to death. But in real life, it's like, holy shit, they hadn't really even done anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that We feel great about it, even though technically it was kind of overkill. <laughs> <laughs> But you do still just feel sad at the end. At least, like I said, I did. Yeah. Where it's just like, fuck, that's... Uh, that would have been, been so great. Yeah, that would have been great. The The highest sort of praise I can give it is that, like, I, I can't believe how much that movie made me nostalgic for a time and place I never knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm I'm really honestly not that big of, like, a... The old days were better. Like those were the golden age. Like I like yeah. I like way more movies from now than I do from <laughs> the sixties and seventies. Like yeah. I like a lot of stuff now. Like it's I'm not really one of those like I was born in the wrong time. Yeah. You know, it's like, nah, I'm cool. But just mm-hmm. watching it and 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 sort of just feeling it, that movie felt yeah. like a very specific place. I can only imagine what it's like to people who actually lived there in yeah. the sixties, yeah. you know, through that time period and being like, holy shit. It was it's kind of the the perfect fucking polar opposite of Hateful Eight, where it's like Hateful Eight is my fucking go to like, oh, is it the dead of fucking winter and it's cold as shit and everything? It's like, that's the movie to watch. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, it's like, oh, is it a fucking beautiful August night? Yeah. In the you know, summertime night, that movie feels like it. Oh, yeah. And I loved it to death. I don't I don't know where I would rank it in my favorite Tarantino movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I very much loved Reservoir Dogs for like most of my life. And it was probably my top one for a long time. Yeah. Hateful Eight did take its place. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. And I love every goddamn frame of that movie. Uh, so Hateful Eight's clearly at the top. Reservoir Dogs is right in there. Inglorious Bastards chasing just behind, you know, right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all hanging out yeah. together. Uh, I feel like this one has earned a spot right up there. I don't think it would take top dog spot. Yeah. 
but it's definitely one that's like I, I need to see it a couple more times mm-hmm. and really appreciate it. What was your favorite like line, or at least one of them, one of your favorites? Because I know it's so hard to pick <laughs> that kind of stuff. And away we go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> both of them. Both of the, them. So <laughs> perfectly, Brad Pitt. Uh, I loved it. It's so great. <laughs> oh man, that was fucking good. Um, uh, I think. Again, it's a moment like used in the trailer, mm-hmm. but it's one, a very Tarantino-esque line, and two, such a Brad Pitt line, like that it coalesces so perfectly. Mm-hmm. But the whole like, my hands are registered weapons. If I get in a fight and accidentally kill you, I go to jail. And the whole like, anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> like, prime Tarantino type line. With the perfect delivery from Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I loved it. Um, he was so charming. <laughs> well, I think I think that's uh, that's going to have to wrap it up for today. So uh, that was uh, that was our uh, that was popcorn for dinners review of uh, <laughs> Once Upon mm-hmm. a Time in Hollywood. I guess you'd call it a review. I'm not really yeah. going to give it a grade. Yeah. I'm not going to give it thumbs or it stars a- or I liked it. I like it was it a our lot. overview. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's good. Yeah. So uh, I'm Jeff. I'm Kelly. And away we go. Hey.